It's time for Plan B with Rebecca but Davis. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, John. Is Rebecca well? Rebecca is very well, and yourself? Well, I don't care about you and me. I really only care about Miles. How is Miles Davis, Dorji? He's well. We had a small incident daycare this week. If the, pen, if the parents of young Benjamin are listening, I'm sorry about the biting. It won't happen again. We've had a family meeting. Terribly sorry. Oh, dear, really? John. Okay, well, let's move swiftly away from that then and talk about a part of the vaccination uh, rollout um, on which you can find very little information. I have not got clarity. So the question I was asking Ah. was, will foreign nationals be able to get the vaccine? So the Department of Health has clarified that all health workers, quote, in the system, will be vaccinated. That in the system could cover a multitude of sins. But anyway, it seems that all health workers will. So if you're a foreign national and you're a doctor or a nurse, I assume you're fine. Still no word on the fate of foreign nationals living in this country, either legally or illegally, and whether they will be eligible for vaccines. And this is actually an issue which has been a bit of a sore spot all over the world, as with most everything to do with COVID-19. You might recall that Colombia specifically said it would not vaccinate any foreign nationals because it predicted that its borders would be overrun by people looking for COVID-19 vaccines. And actually, this has proved a little bit true in some places. So in Florida, I see, for instance, Florida has given pretty much discretion to hospitals to vaccinate people as they arrive. Um, They've had overtures from Canadians, South Americans, something like 60 nationals from 60 countries asking for um, vaccinations there. So there is a bit of a thing of people fleeing or you know, flocking to countries where you can get vaccinated. In most countries, foreigners who legally reside in the country or have some form of, you know, legal residence are being offered vaccinations, which I assume is how we now know the billionaire Johann Rupert went to Switzerland for a vaccination. He has a property there or business there. So I assume that would have been all above board. But it still doesn't answer our question. So there are probably about 4 million documented and undocumented foreign nationals in South Africa. The undocumented ones, I imagine, are highly unlikely to present themselves for vaccinations for fear of you know, being summarily deported. But if you have a situation in what they call congregate settings, so high-density areas, townships, etc., where a significant number of people are not going to be vaccinated because they are foreign then that is going to be a real problem. It is going to, in fact, kind of nullify the whole purpose. And the real Uh, questions, of course, are about refugees, about those migrants undocumented. Jordan has become one of the first countries, I think, to offer vaccinations for refugees. The UN has said absolutely countries have to make refugees part of their vaccination plans. I would like to hope that South Africa has a plan for this. But in the words of an activist friend, there has been an ominous silence from government on the topic of foreign nationals and vaccinations altogether. So we just have to wait and see. One can construct, I think, a very, very credible case that people from other countries who are in South Africa legally, who have the papers to prove that they are in the country legally, should be vaccinated in the same phase as South Africans who are the same as them. So, you know, 
um, 65 plus. If there's some, if there's a foreigner with a 65 plus comorbidity um, ID, well then that person must be vaccinated in the same tranche of vaccinations as I'm getting one. If uh, if they are in their 30s and healthy, then they must wait until South Africans in their 30s and healthy are getting vaccinated. Uh, it's harder to construct a case for the compassionate notion that even the undocumented should get vaccinated. I mean, it's easy to construct a moral and biomedical case, I would have thought. But it would be harder, I think, to construct a politically popular case, particularly in the current climate in South Africa. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to something else then. Music at closing its doors at the end of May. Does that upset you? Are you a regular patron there? miss about Musica, John. I've been giving this some thought. I haven't actually been inside a Musica for many a moon, but the idea of a Musica, or any shop that sells CDs. What I liked about it was that you could walk into the shop and see what music had recently been released. What is new music? So you'd see, oh, Santo has a new CD out. These days, it is very difficult for you to find this information in one place, unless you, I don't know, you know, read Billboard magazine or no, every day I, you're I, on your I'm iTunes going yeah, through well, new I've, releases, etc. Yeah, I get emails. I get emails twice a week from Apple telling me that in the genres which I've downloaded most, these are new releases in those genres. But is, I mean, is that I don't even as, have to get into my car. Is that as, I don't know, it's, there's something about the tangibility of a CD but increasingly I'm missing in the same way that I prefer to buy books rather than read them on Kindle. You know, you can look at a physical CD collection and say, I'd like to listen to that. I feel like listening to that today. In a way, that's much harder with your phone when you're just sort of scrolling. And unless you've, you've got something in mind, it's harder. But John, really the reason why I brought up this topic was because I had a rapid fire question for you, which is, which was the first album in the world which sold more copies on CD than vinyl? I do know this, but it's not coming to mind, so over to you. That does not count. The answer is Dire Straits Brothers in Arms. Oh, yeah, that's in right. 1985, that, yeah. an excellent album. And that's the other thing, of course. We've totally lost the idea of an album, haven't we, really, because of the way we listen. The idea that artists would choose, you know, whatever, nine songs and package them together in a way that flowed from one song to the next. I feel that streaming has kind of done away with that because so few of us listen in that way anymore. And that's a pity, too, it strikes me. Yeah, I've got into vinyl in a relatively small way over the last, I suppose, six, nine months. And one of the things that upsets me about Musica's closing is that the Musica down at the V&A waterfront has a, a very decent collection of the kinds of um, vinyl records from the 60s and 70s that I want to buy, and they are at reasonable prices. So I've been going in once a month and treating myself to three vinyl albums, proper albums, and I've said before, Rebecca, that I have no idea whether the music that I'm listening to through my vinyl setup is indeed warmer and deeper and richer and all of those things than when I'm listening via Bluetooth from my phone. Uh, but I like to persuade myself that it is. But I really enjoy the ritual of it. I really enjoy after 17 minutes or 19 minutes having to get up and lift the arm and move it back to its rest and then turn right. the album round and wipe it clean. And then, you know, I just in, I enjoy having to interrupt what I'm doing 
to keep the music experience going. It seems a it well. Seems it feels more experience. mindful, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I, and the crackle as it settles. I mean, that wonderful crackle. I'm with you, John. R.I.P. Musica. I think we'll miss it more than we realise. There we go. You have a fact for me. I do. This is my fact of the week. Conscientious objectors, that term, was not originally applied to people who refused to take up arms in military service. It was originally applied, believe it or not, to people who refused to take vaccinations. How's that? <laughs> and when, when was that? At what point? This was, so the first vaccine was at the end of the 18th century, the 1790s, which was smallpox. So it was pretty much all the smallpox. It was only in the First World War that it, that term became attached to the military. But there was a lot of controversy about the smallpox vaccine because it was often administered in unsanitary conditions. So it did actually result in some pretty horrifying side effects. And also, if your you know, rich bourgeois employer made you have the vaccine, it could make you sick and then you had to take time off work and that meant you didn't get paid. So it was really kind of a... A revolutionary issue as well to refuse to be vaccinated. No more, we hope. And then finally, it appears that, well, I've always thought that uh, maybe money doesn't buy you happiness, but at the very least it buys you a higher quality of unhappiness. But there's some new research on this age. (laughs) That is well put. So the latest study to investigate this age old, you know, that can that very sort of comforting fiction, money doesn't buy happiness, which I agree, John, has never really seemed that plausible to me. Researchers have been undertaking one of the largest studies of this kind involving over a million people in the USA and how they track the happiness of people is by sending them alerts on their mobile phone at random times of the day saying, how are you feeling right now? Then asking them to assess overall their well-being, etc. And they have conclusively proved that there's an almost linear correlation between happiness and income. And furthermore, that that happiness does not plateau. So previous research has suggested that you only need a certain amount of money to be happy. And above that, it doesn't matter. It's all jam. You just you stay at pretty much the same level. This research says, no, 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 no. The sky is the limit. The richer you get, the happier you get. I mean, you just keep on soaring on and on through the heavens. Look at Trevor Noah. He looks happier Look every Trevor time Noah. I see him. Rebecca Davis, thank you very, very much indeed. No biting miles. No biting miles.